Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to The Fan. This is a Darius Dameron Ryan Clary production. You'll hear from the lads coming up in our confidence points pick segment when all four of us make our predictions for the NFL games this weekend. Former NFL head coach Joe Philbin, who once hired Ben Johnson will be on the show coming up in about 25 minutes right here on The Fan. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Before we get to the Ron Rivera comment on the media, I just tweeted out a picture at Grant H. Paulson. Uh, Somebody who works at Chick-fil-A in Atlanta just sniped a shot of Bill Belichick at the Chick-fil-A in Midtown. Oh, wow. So Bill Belichick had a job interview, obviously, today. Uh, he's trying to get a gig. He's just the little boy who could. He's just trying to get a job in the NFL. So he's interviewing with Arthur Blank. He's wearing a suit and tie. But this picture's hilarious. It's just like shot from the... You see like there's like ice cream cones right in front of this guy taking the picture. He's, he's shooting over top of like the soda machine. And you just see Belichick paying with his card like at the front of the indoor line for Chick-fil-A. What I love about this so much is we've all been there. where You get out of your meeting... You're feeling great. You know, went well. He thinks yeah, I feel good about this. Maybe I'll be getting a job. You're like, how am I going to celebrate? You got those endorphins going, that dopamine's hitting, whatever those positive feelings are. And you're like, I'm going to go gobble up a number one at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and so he goes, <laughs> orders up that number one with an extra pickle. Right, an extra side of nuggets. Maybe a Diet Coke. Have Chick-fil-A sauce, please. You probably want the uh, Polynesian <laughs> sauce or whatever they call that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Bill Belichick enjoying a nice lunch. Go check it out at Grand H. Paulson. I don't know why I like that so much, but I like it a lot. It's hilarious. Like, we hear this all the time. The commanders are whining and dining this coach, and the interviews are at this steakhouse. Or they're, you know, I I just went to, um, what's the restaurant they all go to out in Loudoun County? Morton's? No, no, no. DC Prime. DC Prime. It's awesome, by the way. Yes, it is. I was out there uh, the day of the Josh Harris press conference that Ron Rivera had been fired. So the day I did the show out there a couple weeks back. That night, Standig and I went over there because we were like the last ones to leave at like 7.45. And we're like, I'm a, I was so hungry. I was like, oh, let's go over there. Why, why not? Get ourselves a steak. We earned it. So we watched the national championship game at the bar. I ran into Smooty and London Fletcher and you name it, they were there. But long story short, all it was was a great steakhouse. You're paying for it, but it's really good. Absolutely. That's where you go. That's where like you're, that's kind of the how you spend your day when you're interviewing for a job. Or you could be Bill Belichick just sitting in Arthur Blank's office at his desk for a few hours. 
And then when you're done, just run on over to Chick-fil-A, get yourself a number one. It's like, now, Bill, we don't have anything to eat for you. <laughs> you want to meet up for dinner later? No, that's fine. I'll just go to Chick-fil-A by the hotel. What do you think his fast food rankings are? You think Chick-fil-A's is one seed? That's an amazing question. Because I guarantee you he's thought about it. You know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't publicly do it. Like, if one day, like, he's actually, like, lets his guard down and is fun, he'd probably have, like, a great ranking, and he would tell you, I love being, you know, in Texas because they've got Whataburger, and I've always thought in and outs overrated. Like, I guarantee you he's got, like, a thing. I bet you he Chick-fil-A is high. I bet you that he doesn't have that many for close to where he is in his, like, multi-million-dollar mansion in, in the greater Boston area. I mean, somebody's trying to tell me this is an old picture. Maybe it is. It doesn't change that it's funny to me. Bill Belichick in full suit at Chick-fil-A is going to be funny. I don't give a damn if it's today or not in Atlanta. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I've been telling you for a week he's getting a job in Atlanta. The, the question to me is, will he be running the entire front office and they blow out Terry Fontenot and company? Or, or do they find a way to kind of keep Fontenot, have the staff stay on, and Belichick work with them? That's my big question. But I 100% have believed for the better part of... 10 days, he's going to Atlanta. It just, it makes sense. To Seems me. like it's happening, right? There's a lot of momentum there. If they can get a quarterback, they'll also be a pain in the butt next year. Like, I think Kirk Cousins stays in Minnesota. But he is a free agent to be. Last time he hit the market, he left where he was. Mm -hmm. If and I, if I'm him, if I'm his agent, Mike McCartney, not to be confused with Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Very Cowboys. Different. Not his agent, but oh, that would be really funny. But if I was his agent... I would say, listen, bro, you got Justin Jefferson, who they're going to pay. You got Jordan Addison on a rookie contract. K.J. Osborne in chop liver as a third wide receiver. This guy they have, I think it's Brandon Powell. They're like fourth wide receiver is pretty legit. Decent too, yeah. T.J. Hawkinson will be coming back from a torn ACL, but he's one of the better tight ends in the league. You got an offensive line that's been bad for most of his time there that finally this year took off with Christian Darisol, who they drafted at left tackle, having had an excellent year. Him and Brian O'Neill, the right tackle, are really, really good. You know, maybe you bolster the interior. We'll see what they do. They could re-sign Dalton Reisner they brought in midseason. It was pretty solid. But, like, that offense around him is legit. It's a great situation. And while the defense has been mostly horrific, this year it was a lot better. Brian Flores Infinitely better, yeah. kicked butt, deserves a head coaching job. Nobody's called him. You know Brian Flores doesn't have one interview? I don't know if that's because he has a lawsuit against the NFL. Or that's what, my first guess, honestly. Whatever's going on with that. that. Yeah. But that guy should be a head coach. Uh, but anyway, I, it's just a good situation. So if I'm Cousins, I'm staying in Minnesota. I feel like I'm pretty close. I know the division's good now because Green Bay has Jordan Love, who's ascended. Detroit, the Lions are back. But, you know, it's still a, a really good home. Well, that's my best case for Atlanta, is who scares you in the in the NFC South? There you go. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of the answer. But if you're Kirk, you look at that team. I mean... Okay, Kyle Pitts, who the idea of him has been way better than the actual him mm -hmm. so far. I think Drake London is aggressively solid. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I'd love to see him in like a real offense, but I don't think he's, I mean, we, I mean, he's not Jefferson. He's not a star. We thought Arthur Smith was pretty good. All yeah. of a sudden, we don't anymore. But I think he's like a great number two. He was a top 10 pick, mm -hmm. but he could be a 900 yard, like number two Z receiver type. Um, what else they got? It's B. B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson is, is, is the appeal. He's a star, but. They, they misused him this year. I don't know, man. I just, the, the I think you want to talk appeal, it's Bill Belichick. Like, if you're Kirk Cousins and you're going, he's going to have my defense really good every year. All I got to worry about is scoring 24 points and we're going to win plenty of football games. That, to me, would be the one place I might go as the number one quarterback on the market that isn't Minnesota. Unless, I, 
this is my hot take. The Miami Dolphins look to upgrade from Tua. Ooh. I just don't know how the, the, this plays out. But if I was Mike McDaniel, I don't think he's going to. Privately, I would be going, do I really want to put my reputation, my job on the line next year and count on Tua to get me over the hump? I wouldn't. How Do you trade him? Do you move him? Then sign Cousins? I, I don't know how that would work. But if I was Kirk, like Miami would be really, really sexy. I'd be interested. If, if they called, I would answer. Best running game in the league statistically with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and company? Yes, please. Yeah, indeed. If I'm Atlanta, by the way, I'm dialing the phone to the Chicago area code. I'm training for Justin Fields. I'm hiring Greg Roman as my OC and putting him in that Ferrari. Basically saying, this is what we're doing. We're not doing a thing where we try to make fetch happen. We're not trying to do square peg round hole. We're going to do this. Because I don't think we can get one in the draft unless we trade up a ton. This wouldn't cost us that much. Now you're going to have to pay Fields, obviously. But I would marry Fields to Greg Roman because that the beauty of this is Roman's not getting head coaching opportunities, right? Like because of the style of offense he is, because of this sort of weird, uh, eclectic mix of, of quarterback running and stuff, I think it would be beautiful music if I'm in the Atlanta Falcons. I would do that. All right, let's play this clip. I, w- I just want to see what Danny thinks. This was Ron Rivera interviewed by John Kime of ESPN. The It was like a Sunday morning conversation. What did they call it on ESPN? Like the dramatic interviews they did. It's Sunday conversation with Roy Firestone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was such a good bit. Uh, but it was a big interview with Rivera, kind of a autopsy on what went wrong. This was him talking about the media. And, and I'll be honest, just, just because of um, this particular group of, of reporters, uh, I, I think, you know, I felt there were, there were several people that were looking for the I gotcha moments, the aha moments. See, okay, you're, you're contradicting yourself. Instead of really trying to, you know, I, I think they're all, everybody's always trying to interpret what you say. And, 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 and there's not necessarily a hidden meaning to, to, to what I say or, any, or anybody that, that you're interviewing is saying. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that I always found difficult. Because, you know, I would walk away and I would ask Sean D. Barbier, did I say something wrong? Did I put it wrong? You know, we have to go back and look at it. And he'd sometimes get me the transcript so I, I could, you know, reread them. Um, and, 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 and to me, that's frustrating at times that, that, that people want to, you know, translate what you're saying or try and interpret it. Um, you know, and, 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 and one of the things that I always change my mind, you know, what I'm saying it's my prerogative. Um, because again, I'm trying to get to, to, to what the best decision, the best, you know, situation is for us. And, and, and that was one of my frustrations as well. We can be eliminated. We, we need to dump out. Cause he said the S word, if you lost something there, but his point was one of his big frustrations was when someone would say, Hey, you said several weeks ago, the, the opposite. opposite. And his point was, well, S I'm allowed to change my mind. Which is true, you're allowed to change your mind, but in some cases, you know, the Ben Standing piece in the athletic as an example, it was viewed by staffers, by people in the building, as a real problem that he would change course on how he viewed and did things, where you know, one week it's we're doing this and the next we're doing it this way. Why'd you change your mind? That's important to know too. Did you change your mind? You could let everyone know that you changed your mind. Previously you thought this, now you think that. That's a very reasonable thing, by the way. You never said you changed your mind, though. You just contradicted yourself and then couldn't believe when someone would bring up, hey, you said the exact opposite thing 
uh, you know, two months ago, six months ago, four years ago, whatever, when you said we want to have a quarterback competition, and then you never did for four years. It's almost like, again, like you're just watching a, a train passing by. Just unbelievable to me. Again, you were you were not a victim here from from this big bad media. There's no Mike Lupica shouting you down at a press conference and talking over you, right? There are too many friendly faces in that room to basically, you know, buttress whatever your messaging happened to be that week for me to buy any of that for a split second. I'm sorry it's not Carolina where people give a damn beyond the, gee shucks, it's so good to have a nice man up there talking to us every day, and we're so proud of you, and we're proud of the Carolina Panthers. Winning game's not really that important to us. We're just happy that you put in the effort. Did you Did you try hard today? I hope both teams have so much fun. Sorry! We care a little bit around here. And ain't Philly and ain't Detroit. Don't go points north, dude. They'll eat your ass alive. Detroit. Up there, up ninety-five. Yeah, we're up there. They, they can't. They're picking everything apart in Philly, in Boston, in Detroit, in Chicago. You know where they give a damn? It's it's not just some little college football podunk town where they want to go to you know, tailgate, go to Bojangles, and eat delicious biscuits and watch the local uh, you know scholarship kids lose by thirty. People care. I'm sorry we're hanging on every word, waiting for results that you didn't deliver. Deliver results. Then you say what you want. You can walk up there after going 13-4 and four and go, poop. That's all for me. Write that down. Scribe it up. For whoever wants to scribe it up, that's the quote. P-O-O-P. I'm Ron Rivera. Mic drops. We go, that's amazing. That was phenomenal. What a speech. What a leader of men. So much integrity. How dare you? How dare you get pissy? You're the one that said the stupid crap. You said it. I didn't say it. You did. You, you're the one who said we can be eliminated. When my co-host, I'm looking at him right now, when Grant Harrison Paulson asked you about what would happen if you were eliminated and you didn't know. Ain't no hidden meaning there, dude. You were oblivious. That's what happened. I wonder, not specifically because it's me, but you you just brought this up. I got to get a little water. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to cough. Oh, no. Get it. Yeah. We can be eliminated. Yeah, Ron. You can be. We can be eliminated. Mm. There you go. You got it. Whatever we decide to do this week, we're going to decide to do. How could anyone not understand the meaning of that? That's hilarious. Is that cryptic at all? Yep. <laughs> Very limited. Cryptic <laughs> goes, yep. I wonder we if We stalled I, there. I don't know why. I was doing great. And now, whatever this is. I'm the one who shouted. What happened to you? I don't. You you're shouting. Also, my eye is watering, like my right eye. A tear is coming out. Of is it like a Twitch stream, like Darius playing in the Madden Bowl? Like a little Twitch going, or is it just like you're tearing know. up? Nobody knows. What I was going to ask is, do you think <clears throat> that, like, he thinks that was a gotcha question? Because he's saying, you know, people would ask gotcha things. Maybe they did. I don't remember that. But my question to him was, hey, if you guys get eliminated tonight, are you going to play Sam Howell next week against the Cowboys? Because the game won't matter. Yeah. There's nothing gotcha about that. Now, he got got on accident. Sure did. I didn't know he didn't know. He stepped in it. Like, in his mind, is he going, well, that was a gotcha question? Because, like, clearly yeah, wasn't. Th- Grant, they're all gotcha questions when you don't have good answers. Every question is difficult to answer when your answer sucks, when your plan is bad, when you can't be bothered to, to do all the work. There's when when that when they put that quiz in front of me when I didn't study in seventh grade when I didn't read To Kill a Mockingbird when Mrs. Purnell put that quiz out there I go these are gotcha questions you know why I don't know what Atticus Finch was talking about in the courtroom 
I didn't read it. But, so here's what I wonder. How do you still have this energy for for that or him or any of it? Like, am I the crazy one for just turning the page so quickly? Yeah, I'm impressed you can do it. Uh, good for you. I mean, I Darius, will never let it go. I, I want I want to hear from someone. I need a third party. I'm tagging in Darius. Like, I, maybe it shouldn't be binary of like Team Danny, Team Grant here. But it kind but of is. Danny is. Listen to the guy. Yeah, he is still so angry, and it, I know it's it happened an hour ago. Like it just ended. I get it, but. I have made peace with it. I started to make peace with it. Frankly, I started to be out three and a half years ago. I'll be very honest with you. But I have made peace, okay? I'm in a, I'm in a good place. He's still so upset about it all. Like, which side are you on? The Danny can't believe anything he said, and he's so mad that he's upset, that he thinks people were interpreting his words, or me, who's like, I watched it, and I was like, oh, I hope Ron gets a shot as a defensive coordinator. That was my takeaway. I was like, eh. Ron came off pretty well. I mean, I disagree with a lot of what he said, but maybe he'll be a coordinator and he and his family can, you know, go be happy. Like, where are you on it? So I I actually watched the interview in full last night myself as well. And I'll be honest, it kind of did. I guess let me step back. The day after, I, I would have been in Danny mode. The day after he got fired, I would have been in Danny mode. A couple days later, I kind of was just like, all right, cool. Hands clean. We're moving on. We're interviewing GMs. You got Adam Peters now. Yeah, right, exactly. Ben Johnson's coming next week. Ben Johnson's coming next week, possibly. After watching the interview last night, it brought back some emotion. Some of that fire, some of that. So you were like kind of Danny-ish? You were upset at Ron? I was a little little ricked at Ron last night. (laughs) Really? Alan Rickman over there. Um, Because you thought, was he playing victim or... It feels like a lot of playing victim. It feels like a lot of deflecting the blame. It was everybody else's fault. It was the situation I was in. But at the end of the day, you made all these decisions. Yeah. You're the one that that broke down that offensive line. Sure, there were circumstances to why you couldn't keep Brandon Sheriff and Trent Williams. Yeah. But all the excuses that he made within that that uh, that dialogue that he had with John Conn. Well, that's a good point. He, he was like, I couldn't pay Sheriff. They'd already screwed it up. You know, that we couldn't keep Trent Williams. They'd already screwed that so up. So, therefore, I had to go get Andrew Norwell. I remember talking to, I, I can't remember because it's been so many years, if it was Trent this conversation or if it was his agent or who it was. But I remember getting details from somebody about his first meeting with Rivera. And essentially, Rivera like had completely turned them off because he kind of came in and was like, listen, I know you're pretty good and everything. I'm paraphrasing. But you got to show, I, anything you did before this doesn't matter to me. Like You got to show it to me. Where if he wanted to, he could have come in, I think, and said, those idiots are gone. It's my show now. We're paying you. You're the best left tackle in the league. And that was not his – like, he didn't want to do that. He And he kind of addressed that in the interview, by the way. But he said, my philosophy is, I'm here now. What you did before that, you got to prove it to me all over again. And I think that took Trent aback, and he was like, I'm out on this guy. Yeah. So is it true that you you inherited a bad relationship with Trent Williams? Yes. Did he not like Dan Snyder? Sure. If you came to him right away, said, hey, man, we're building this whole thing around you. I need you at left tackle. We're giving you your $19 million a year. I don't remember what the number was at the time. Could you have? Maybe. But uh, we're getting into the, the nitty-gritty now of a specific you know, transaction. But I, the energy for me dissipated the moment Adam Peters got off that plane and uh, that Sandlot song was like, this shining moment when your lips are close to mine. Like Wendy Peppercorn is like waving her hair 
at the pool. Because like, Quince Pomodoro knew the whole time. Yeah, and Adam Peters is like, he gets off the plane. The, the light is hitting him just so. Mm-hmm. There's the, that virgin snow on the ground. He's just stepping in each boot, leaving another footprint. And he's like lifting up kids over his head, you know, his shoulders and like going in circles, just like some scene out of a Abercrombie magazine. I was like, it's okay, Ron. Go forth and prosper. Like that, that was kind of like, it was all okay. And good for you. I need people that I spent hundreds of hours on and all things who screwed me over to be held accountable. I want that. It, that's what all walks of life. You can, you can infer what you want to infer from that. If you messed up for a long time and we all had to deal with it, I need you held accountable. I can't, I, I, I got that same energy. Next time I hear him talk, I'll, I'll think the same way. I, I don't get over stuff. I hold grudges. Also, I'll say this about those exit interviews, too, or whatever you call that. The only thing, really, you can do, you get two options, okay? You do an interview, and I'm not knocking Khan. Khan did exactly what he yeah, should do. Yeah, of course you ask. For, or, John yeah, Khan absolutely. should get, someone needs to interview him. Khan had the best relationship, probably, with him on the beat. You know, they had a good, him and Nikki both had a very good rapport with him, it seemed like. But... <clears throat> I think he's in a spot to get the interview. You do it. You ask him respectful questions. You let him tell his side. Mm-hmm. But you have two choices as a coach. You say, now nah, everyone's just going to hear this as me making excuses, which is what it is, by the way. Yeah. I'm not going to talk yet. Or you talk and you make the excuses. And he chose the second one. I would offer a third alternative where you just go, it wasn't good enough. Here's why I thought the way I thought on X. Turns out that was the wrong call. I want to hear how wrong he was. Every step of the way. Every decision they made pretty much was wrong. I want to hear that it was wrong about Ryan Fitzpatrick. William Jackson was wrong. Andrew Norway was wrong. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. And that's my point. That's why I'm furious. And if I hear him tomorrow, I'll get furious again. Joe Philbin's been an NFL head coach. We'll talk to him next. He was one of the guys who uh, saw Ben Johnson as a rising star very early on. I'll try to figure out how to talk again. No promises, but we're going to give it a whirl, this talking thing. Here we go. Grant and Danny on the fan. (laughs) Taking you up to 6.30 on the fan. Grant and Danny with you this evening. It's a football Friday. As a reminder, kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murrah. They'll help protect your assets, update your will, and your trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You can visit kmlawyers.com to mention the show and score discount. That's kmlawyers.com. They do a very nice job on something that is extremely important. We've been trying to get some intel on Ben Johnson, who's interviewing with the Commanders today. Uh, He, of course, is the OC with the Lions. They've got another game on Sunday. If they win, they're in the NFC Championship game. But we wanted to get some expertise on just how good a coach Ben Johnson is and on his meteoric rise as an offensive assistant. And who better to talk to than the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins from 2012 the 2015, who, I don't know if he'll take credit for finding Ben Johnson, but at that time, Ben Johnson had only worked at Boston College as a grad assistant and a tight ends coach, and then he got his first shot in the league because Joe Philbin put him on his Miami staff as an offensive assistant. Johnson would then become an assistant quarterbacks coach and a tight ends coach while Philbin was running the Dolphins. So, Joe, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. How are you? 
I'm doing well. How are we doing, guys? Very well. Doing very well. It's great to catch up and, and chat with you. Let's just start with when you first met Ben Johnson or, or how he came into your organization. What did you know about him then? Well, not a lot, but I, I, I like you just said, I can't take credit necessarily for finding him, but a former boss of mine, Barry Gallup from uh, Northeastern University in Boston College, um, called me up. I was his offensive coordinator years and years ago, and he, he was at Boston College at the time and said, you know, Joe, I'm looking. Uh, there's one uh, individual on our staff here that uh, I know you and I know this uh, young coach that we have, and I think it'd be a great fit. And he's very bright, hardworking, et cetera, et cetera. And so we had, uh, as you mentioned, one of those offensive assistant positions. So based on that recommendation, uh, you know, I flew Ben down. We, uh, we interviewed him and uh, all the things that Barry said about him, uh, you know, in that brief uh, interview process, we found to be true. And, uh, you know, obviously he, uh, he ascended uh, the ranks even quickly in Miami and obviously has uh, taken off even from there. So that's, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, zero credit for finding him, but uh, at least uh, a little credit for being smart enough to hire him. <laughs> Joe, when did you know he was special? Or, or did, do you still not? Kidding, of course. But well, what, when did you figure out, hey, this guy might be a little bit different? Well, I think one of the things, you know, uh, I feel like in coaching is that's so important is, you know, uh, the teaching element, right? I mean, there's a lot of smart people. Uh, you know, we all went to school, uh, you guys did, or college, and we, you know, we all were around some smart professors. But some, some of the teachers we had, you know, weren't really able to transmit that information clearly and concisely and so on and so forth. So I thought early on with Ben um, – you could tell that, you know, number one, he's, he is very bright and intelligent. He loves the game. He's passionate about, you know, the schematics of football. But he also displayed an ability to uh, teach concepts in in a very uh, digestible manner, if, I, if that sounds right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I use the analogy I had. Uh, he was in the quarterback room with Zach Taylor. And Zach uh, obviously has gone on and done some great things as the head coach of Cincinnati. And I just saw the two of them very, very, very similarly. Uh, both guys, uh, you know, the game kind of came easy to them. They understood how all the 11 pieces of offense uh, fit together. Uh, and more importantly, they were able to, you know, get that information to the players and, you know, give them a little bit of the why as well, but not, not too much of it. So uh, really, really uh, had a, had a good, uh, teaching manner and a way about him uh, from in, from his early stages, quite frankly. Joe Philbin, longtime NFL coach, recently running Green Bay at the end of 18, and since then you know, was on the Cowboys staff and, and has been helping Ohio State dating back to this football season, joining us here on Grant and Danny. Uh, one of the things that we just can't account for, and I just want your um, information on how you would grade this out when you were hiring people. He can call offense. It's pretty obvious, right? He can scheme mm -hmm. up offense. The, the mm -hmm. fear I think some people have sometimes is, well, how do you know which guys are really good at that and which guys are great leaders and head coaches, so to speak? So I guess first, if you just have a thought on that idea, but then also what makes you think if you do that maybe Ben Johnson would make a really good head coach? Yeah. Well, number one, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, I already alluded to, you know, his, uh, you know, football acumen, his teaching ability. Uh, I think the first, you know, he also is a guy of high integrity. He's a high character individual. I think when you, 
you know, even if you have a brief encounter with Ben, I think that that comes through uh, in your meetings. And I think he's he's an unselfish guy. I think when he started out in coaching, he uh, not just the work ethic that he displayed, but you know, the willingness to and kind of go the extra mile, whether it be for a fellow staff member, whether it be uh, for a, a player on the practice squad to help him develop and possibly grow into a, you know, uh, a 53-man roster player, and then again to a, a starting player in the NFL. I mean, those little sacrifices that I think he's made over, you know, his, you know, 15-year career uh, in coaching, you know, say some real positive traits about him. So I do think he has good leadership quality. I think. Uh, he cares about other people's success. Uh, I think he sets a really good example and from a professionalism standpoint around the players. Um, and I think that's that's an important quality of a head coach. And, and you know, the good news about calling plays is, you know, you're forced into into making decisions, you know, in a, in a pretty intense environment. So I think he's, you know, he's got – you know, and, then, and that's a quality a head coach needs, right? He, uh, he's going to be making a lot of decisions, more than just what play to run and uh, what, you know, concept to draw up. You know, he's going to be dealing with people and managing people. Um, I just think he, you know, he's passed every single test so far. It's certainly going to be an adjustment, guys. I mean, let's face it, I don't think any, any coach that's taken over is fully prepared necessarily um, for all the challenges that are going to take place. But, uh you know, I just, you know, I think uh, his humility, his work ethic, his skill and talent level, you know, I think he has a, you know, a really, really good chance to, to have success. Coach, if if he gets hired here or, or somewhere else, wherever it sounds like it's, it's imminent, um, he called you up for advice. What would you tell him? Uh, just be yourself and uh, surround yourself with as many good people as you possibly can. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, the, the players come first. This is a player's game. It's uh Coaching is important. Don't don't get me wrong, uh, but uh, you know. But first and foremost, just uh, you know, stay true to the things that have, have taken you where you are. There's a reason that uh, you know five NFL teams or however many. I'm not even sure how many want to interview them, but there's a reason why a number of the teams uh, want to interview you. Um, so I'd say just you know, be yourself, stay true to who you are, because you don't want to get a job if you're not the right fit. And he's you know he may not be the right fit for six different franchises, right? I mean he may. Uh, you know, you, ideally, you want to find the perfect marriage where uh, you, the GM, the owner, really see the game of football the same way. Seem, you know, that that's the most important, I think, aspect when you take a head coaching job. It's not necessarily uh, the salary or what division you're in or how old the quarterback is on the team that's the first, you know, leading team in your division. I think the most important thing is, you know, do you see this game the same way? how you treat people, how you treat players, uh, you know, are you going to have the resources you need to, to run a first-class program and build a program from, from the ground up? And uh, that's what I would tell them. Former NFL head coach Joe Philbin. Joe, we got about 30 seconds left, but I am curious. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you were the head coach of the Dolphins when they were on Hard Knocks. I think that was the yep. 2012 season, maybe, of Hard Knocks. Um, that's right. So many coaches don't want anything to do with it. What was your experience like in – if someone called you up and said, hey, Joe, what would you think? Would you tell them uh, you not know, to do it? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I think you have to have a good reason. One of the reasons we did it was, you know, back at that time, you know, our owner, Steve Ross, was, you know, lived 1,200 miles away and, you know, was very, very busy, successful businessman and really wasn't around, uh, 
the team at all. And so one of the reasons we did it was to kind of uh, show them what kind of program we were instituting, number one. And then when you when we met with uh, Ross Katover from uh, NFL Films and uh, the people from HBO, um, they're really first-class individuals. And it was it – was, after that, it was kind of a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, the first day there seemed like a lot of cameras, but – you know, after that, you're so busy and, uh, you know, um, it, you know, it really, uh, didn't really have much of a, I don't think it won us a game and I sure don't think it lost us a game. And, uh, you know, plus I can tell my grandchildren I was a movie star. So that was another reason. <laughs> That's right. You can find that HBO. Joe, this is a treat, man. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. All right, guys, you do the same. Thanks. There's Joe Feldman, former NFL head coach. Hey, Ben Johnson, not only his first gig, but over three seasons, started moving him up the ladder pretty quickly. His first few jobs on an NFL staff. So he'll be able to claim Johnson as part of the uh, Joe Philbin coaching. Yeah, just trade. a really humble, nice guy, Joe Philbin. I would, I'd have a different attitude. You know who discovered Ben Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes with Schmo Schmilbin. We got our confidence points picks coming up in 20 minutes on Grant and Danny. Want to talk of about the eight quarterbacks left standing in these NFL playoffs next. We're Grant and Danny. This is the fan taking you up to 630. Well, I got our confidence points picks to dive into at the top of the hour. We'll predict all of the games. There are four of them this weekend. Doubleheaders on both Saturday and on Sunday. Danny, real quick, I wanted to take a dive into the eight remaining quarterbacks in the NFL. And I want to see if we were ranking them one through eight, how different our rankings might be. Now, I think it's important to lay out some ground rules here. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm thinking. You tell me what you want to change about this. To me, this should not be start of next season. Yeah, overall ranking franchise player, exactly. blah, blah, blah. I think this is confidence that they're going to ball out on Sunday. That's the rankings. Like your confidence that that guy goes out and has a really good game on Sunday. Cool? Yes. Let's go one to eight or as far along as we can get here. You go first, number one. Pat Mahomes. I, I know we're not – it's different. You know, It's it, there's no Tyree Kill. There's nothing easy here, but I trust that guy implicitly. Whether the numbers are gaudy, I expect him to play well. I will go with Patrick Mahomes one also because Buffalo's defense is so banged up. Now, he is on the road, which I don't love, but and he hasn't been on the road in the playoffs, by the way, really at any point. It's either been home or neutral sites, which is amazing to think about. Uh, but I just think the Bills' defense is so – Injury riddled that they are right for the taking. I think it's going to be a great game. The Bills may win. Their offense is going to move the football too. But I'll go Patrick Mahomes number one. Number two on your list. Brock Purdy. I think Green Bay's defense stinks. I think he's going to look comfortable, cool, calm, collected, throwing little check downs, throwing little wide receiver screens, have gaudy totals because a lot of the yards will come via yak. Number two for me will be Lamar Jackson. I expect Baltimore to beat Houston. I think the Texans could cover. But Lamar, healthy, 20 days of rest, could end up biting Baltimore in the butt a little bit. I don't think it'll bite him, though. I mean, he's going to be rested. He's going to be fresh. That's a guy who, toward the end of the season, takes a lot of shots, right, and tends to wear down a little bit. Didn't happen this year as he won an MVP award. 
But I think he comes out kind of the peak of his powers. He's going to be running all over the place, be making big-time throws. And the Texans' off uh, defense is sneaky mediocre. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, they're actually bad against the pass, one of the worst in the league in terms of giving up some big plays this year. So I think even though he doesn't have Mark Andrews, they'll be able to get the football to Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr., and they'll be able to move the ball in between the hashes a little bit, middle of the field on this Texans' defense. So I'll go Lamar number two for me. Brings us to number three. Josh Allen is my number three. Kansas City's defense is good. I don't know that the accuracy numbers are going to be there. They're going to force some tough throws, some throwaways, et cetera. He's going to be full playoff mode, beast mode, running back downhill, thumping, probably ends with 60, 70 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He's going to will them into the football game. Number three for me is Brock Purdy. This is where I've got to provide the caveat again. This is not how I'd rank the quarterbacks. This is just my predictions on how they're going to play this weekend. Kyle Shanahan had a lot of time to scheme up Green Bay. You give Kyle Shanahan time, he's going to get receivers open. I mentioned it earlier. They don't lose. They're 20-3 and when they've got McCaffrey and Debo Samuel on the field. Uh, I think this Green Bay defense, which you addressed, not good. Uh, they've been playing better lately, but not playing good opponents. Probably going to fire Joe Barry if it goes really badly this weekend still. I think Brock Purdy's in line for a pretty strong performance. So I'll put him number three on my list. Number four is Lamar. I think he plays really well. I don't know it. I believe things about them this year. I think they're different than they've been in years past. I think it's a more diverse offense. I think it's a better offense. I think he's really well suited to take this team further than they've ever been. But I don't know. I don't feel as confident. Number four for me, I'm debating between Goff and Allen. I think it's really tight here for me. I'm going to say Josh Allen four, Jared Goff five. Allen by a hair being at home, I know it's a good Chiefs defense. My only concern, A, I think he's just better than Goff, so occasionally, you know, there's going to be a turnover potentially for Jared Goff here or there. But also, Tampa Bay blitzes constantly. Mm -hmm. They blitz almost half the time. Goff this season was bad against the blitz, so the matchup from that standpoint isn't great. But I'll still put Allen four, Goff five. So five for me, C.J. Stroud. Just keeps out kicking his coverage. Keep not scared of any moment. Even this, you know, almost near double digit being an underdog on the road against maybe the best team in the NFL. That guy just keeps exceeding any kind of expectation. He's my number five. The three quarterbacks I have left are the three guys that I think are probably going to have the hardest time uh, just throwing the football, staying in the game. They're going to be chasing. You know, defense has been in their ears back, perhaps. Six, I'm going to go. I will say Stroud against the Ravens. Because I think San Francisco's defensive front will give Love more problems. I love Love. I, I think you could go into next year with him maybe ranked in the top 10 in the NFL at the start of the season. He's approaching it. But I will put him 7th and Baker Mayfield 8th. Tough ask for Jordan Love in this one, but he's my number 6. Number 7 is golf for the reason you, you, you mentioned. The Praying Mantis will be under assault from Todd Bowles. They, they might come through and get a couple hits on some big plays, maybe bust the tackle here and there, but they're going to blitz, 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 and blitz again. He's number 7 for me. Uh, Baker Mayfield 8th. One of my favorite things about getting to host this radio show is sitting here. I sit in the cake spot if you watch the junkies on TV. Yep. But my back is to the wall. In front of me is Danny. And then about three feet to the left and two feet up in my vision is Ryan's face. Mm -hmm. He is in another room through glass. But he's listening to everything we're saying. Of course, yeah, it's part of the so job. Yeah. Anytime Danny talks about Jared Goff, which is to say that every time Danny dogs Jared Goff, Ryan's eye roll, chomping of the gump, like the uncomfortable. There's discomfort like there. hearing someone talk about a family member. I can sense it behind me, too. Seeing both of you at the same time, it's constant. Jared Goff comes up. Danny crushes him. Ryan loves him. It's always a treat. 
Confidence Points picks next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.